Parents, this is on you. You need to help your kids strategically cut bait. If there are relevant free programs that are attached to your high school or VOTEC programs, those are the things you need to be focused on. Your kids do need their GED or their high school diploma. All the stats, all the data says that as long as they graduate high school and or have a GED, they will be totally fine in life. They will. If they graduate high school, that's it. And in order to graduate high school, they need to be able to read and write. That's pretty much it. Reading, writing, math. There are no rules. No rules. You're listening to Degree Free on the Degree Free Network, where we talk about how to teach yourself, get work, and make money. No degree needed. Here are your hosts, Ryan and Hannah Maruyama. And we're back. Back again in the temporary studio, although you got a more permanent fixture going on over there. You got a mic stand. I did. I did. You don't have one. I have privileges. And so I have a mic stand. Yes. I want a mic stand. And so I think really what we should do is we should just move into the new studio. And then we can put our mics on the table like humans. Right. (laughs) But we haven't done that yet. So here we are. So here we are. And I'm probably going to get a mic stand. Further enable us to not move into the new studio. Yes. (laughs) We will spend lots of time and money in order to not do things. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So I'm going to start off because I forgot someone a few weeks back before the end of the year. I did a episode of a year in review of all the podcast guests that we had And it was a very manual process of me going through. I've since updated the process and made it way easier, way more effective for me to find who and when the podcast guests came because before it was just on the Kanban board and everything like that. And it was our Kanban for this podcast episode was huge. And so anyway, that's a long way of saying I messed up and I forgot somebody. And so I wanted to start really quickly and talk about the person that I forgot in my year in review. And if you haven't seen that episode yet, I will put links to the show notes, degreefree.co forward slash podcast. A couple of weeks ago, I did an entire year in review of all of the podcast episode guests that we had and the number one takeaway that I got from the episode. And hopefully you did too. Like I said in the episode, hopefully you had the time to listen to all of our guests because all of them were great. But if you didn't and you don't have time, going back to that episode and listening is a good wrap up for it. And I'm going to add an addendum here. So I had on Matt Shikitano and Matt is the manager at SAS or SAS Global Certification Program. I can't believe that I forgot him in this episode for two reasons because he outbearded you for one and for two he has the most fun last name to say ever shikitano shikitano <laughs> that is not true i he did not outbeard me he did though. there's no way <laughs> he's much more distinguished he's got a little bit of uh salt and pepper going on in it Guys, you know what? Go back, watch Matt Chicotano's episode and let Ryan know in the reviews. But I think that he did get outbearded. I will put links to his episode in this show notes and then go to that episode and comment on that episode and who has the better beard. I'm sorry, but <laughs> I'm trying to be objective here, man. 
the reason why I can't believe that I forgot about Matt Chicatano was that it absolutely blew my mind because prior to meeting him, I had no idea that what he did and does is a career at all, which sounds really stupid to say because I should know that this is a career because of the virtue of like what we do, but it just goes to show you don't know what you don't know. And so what does Matt do as a global certification program manager at SAS? And for those that don't know, and I didn't know what SAS was before this, they call it SAS. So I'm just going to call not it SAS. SAS, but SAS. Yeah. Not software as a service, but SAS. So SAS is a global data enablement platform, API coding language. Companies that want to understand more about their data, they hook into the SaaS platform and they make sense of their data using their platform. Thank you for explaining it like I'm five. I mean, I can only explain it like that because I am also five. So what was interesting about that episode was a global company creating certification programs to educate talent to help upkeep their systems because they have a two-sided problem. All of these SaaS companies now, like software as a service and not SAS, not only do they have to create an amazing, amazing product and then have businesses adopt it and have user adoption, but then they also need to train and enable an entire talent pool so that those people can work on, build up, and maintain those systems within those companies. Because here's what happens. The salesmen go into the companies and say, hey, we can hook in SaaS into the business and help you make sense of your data. And they're like, oh, that's great. How are we going to do that? If you're a small company, you say, well, I have a bunch of people. I have a team of developers. And I have a bunch of implementation specialists that can come in here, white glove, do this whole thing for you. And it's going to cost you a lot of money or whatever. It's going to cost you X amount of dollars. And you can do that as a small business. But when you start to get larger and larger and larger, the answer has to become, oh, well, we have certification programs that train people, that train talent, you, the people listening to this, on how to implement and maintain these systems. And here are how many people that have gone through the certification program this year. And so if you buy now, if you put this into your systems and use our product, you're going to have no problem finding talent to then come in, architect this thing, implement this thing, and then ultimately maintain upkeep and make sense of the data of this system. And so for those people that are thinking about getting branded certifications like Salesforce, HubSpot, or SaaS, anything like that, ServiceNow, this is a great, great episode to listen to because like I said, it just gives you a peek behind the curtain of what is involved in actually making these tests, these certifications, making sure that the process in and of itself is fair, making sure that not only the process of you taking the test and enabling you to learn the material and take the test, but then also the material that you're getting tested on is fair. It was a fascinating, fascinating episode. I apologize, Matt, if you're watching this, I forgot and it won't happen again, but you got a whole segment to yourself. I'm glad you brought this up 
because tech certifications are a really sticky topic for a lot of people. They don't understand why companies are making them and how to differentiate which ones are worth getting and which ones are not. And the general rule of thumb is that if it is a company that has a branded certification, i.e. this is not a boot camp that's going to give you a certification after you learn something, this is a company that is certifying you to use their product. The reason they do that, their financial incentive for doing so is if you understand how to use their product, it is very likely that they will make money off of you being able to use their product because you will encourage the company that you work for to increase the amount of product that you're buying from them, to extend contracts, to add more features and all of that kind of stuff. And so that's why these companies do that. That's why Salesforce certifications are valuable. It's because Salesforce is certifying you to use their tool. It's like being certified to use a hammer. It's the same thing. If you understand how to use a hammer or a certain line of drills, right? If you understand how to use Ryobi tools, you're going to continue to use Ryobi tools because those are the battery packs that you have. That's the type of tool you like to work with. You like the weight of it, whatever. So if you're fixing a problem, you're going to continue to buy Ryobi tools. And that's the same reason why branded tech certifications are actually valuable. It can be valuable. It just depends. And this goes to how to find job backwards. And we've talked about this before. It really depends on what you're trying to do and what industry you're trying to get into. And that's why you have to do the how to find a job backwards, which I think was episode 78. It's the first episode of last year of 2023. And I'll link it in the show notes as well. They can be valuable. It doesn't necessarily mean just because you get these tech certifications that you're automatically going to get hired. You still have to do the work. You still have to gain experience. You still have to build a portfolio. You still have to apply to a thousand jobs. Just because you get a certification doesn't mean that- Doesn't guarantee you a job. Right, exactly. And so I want to be clear about that. What I found interesting talking with Matt was along the lines of what you were saying is training people to use the tools and training people on the tools capabilities. Matt and I were talking and according to a survey that he quoted, he said that companies that acquire business software typically only use like 10 to 15% of the software's capabilities. And so from a career enablement perspective, like from our own selfish perspective, that bodes to have a lot of opportunity. So what do I mean by that? Well, if you are only using 10 to 15% of a certain software tool's capabilities, then that probably means that you have a bunch of different softwares in your business and in your organization that all overlap because you're only using 10 to 15% of each one. If you educated within this system, let's say that it's SaaS, you are able to look at the feature set, you're able to look at what your current business process is, and you're able to then say, hey, you know, SaaS, Salesforce, ServiceNow, whatever, HubSpot. Oracle, AWS. Insert the SaaS product, the software as a service product name in there that you're using, this has the ability to do what these other three tools are doing, or this has the ability to do the work of what this other seven tools are doing. And all we have to do is this, this, and this, and it has an opportunity to upsell for, well, that's from the perspective of the company. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the perspective of your own career, taking this selfishly you have the opportunity to create a presentation. You have the opportunity to say, hey, 
I think that we could be using this tool better, more efficiently. You can lay out how it looks like, what the work required to do to implement it is, what the work required to maintain it is, and then the possible savings on the back end. So you say, okay, I am getting rid of these seven tools. And then while I'm getting rid of these seven tools, our monthly subscription for this, our annual subscription price for this is only raised by $100,000. And we're getting rid of these tools that cost a half a million. And then, well, this is kind of up, but we're also getting rid of seven other people that have to maintain these things. Where as we can hire two other people, so net five people in the company and saving $100,000 or $100,000 plus on just the software subscription and then possibly getting rid of overhead as well, saving the company a lot of money. And making a case for your skill set to eventually pay you more and or give you more responsibility also. And Matt and I talked about this. When your bosses say yes, who is the first person that they're going to think of to lead this whole project more than likely, or at least be a contributor to it. Yeah. Because you're the one who brought it up. Exactly. <laughs> and they're, they're like, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. Okay. Well get with the right people. Let's see if we can do this, get with the technical team, see if we can do this. And That's also a good time to ask a company to pay for further education and certifications for you as well. All in all, great, great episode. And I'm sorry that I forgot it. So go check out the beards and the episode. Tell us what you think. All right. So we're in the new year. And I want to talk about how parents can set up their kids to be degree free in 2024. This is something that's going to be really relevant for a lot of you, but especially those of you who have kids who are about to graduate this upcoming spring slash summer, listen up because this is going to be useful for you. So the first thing that you can do to set your child up to be degree free in 2024 is to do some research on your child's skill set. So things that they're already good at, things that they're already interested in, and see what types of jobs may be a good fit for them. Because they're coming up on graduation, and this is about to be really important. And it's going to be really important, especially for the seniors, but even for the juniors to start planning what their senior year looks like and what their goals are to get done in that next year. So that's a big one. I made a video a few weeks ago where I talked about not stressing your child out to pass classes that don't matter. That one was pretty controversial because people were saying, are you telling kids to drop out of high school? And I said, no, what I'm saying is they only need to be focused on graduating. They just need to be focused on getting their diploma or getting their GED. That's it. Everything else is a distraction because it's not going to help them after they graduate high school, after they get out, because there are a ton of useless classes. A lot of the kids that are currently in high school, they're really unmotivated because a lot of the curriculum, a lot of the material, a lot of the time that they're spending is really unmotivating. And no wonder they're not interested in it. I realize this sounds like kind of a crazy thing to say, because basically what I'm saying is school doesn't matter. That is basically what I'm saying. I'm saying your high school doesn't really matter. And that, for a multitude of reasons, upset quite a few people. <laughs> high school mattered to me. I was the man in high school. Oh, my gosh. Anybody that says I was the man in high school was not the man in high school. <laughs> I've seen pictures of you in high school. Man. It's funny. I, I, my friend and I, it was like, there's like four of us. We're talking. This is many, many years ago now but it was a few years after high school and we were not the men in high school. You don't, you don't say not at all. And so I was talking to this group of three other guys, four of us. And I was like, 
yeah, you know, we just, we weren't really in the cool crowd. We weren't really the cool guys. The nerdiest out of all the four of us. Literally, he just was like, I don't know. That was pretty cool. He was not cool. Yeah, (laughs) he was not cool. He's still not cool. He would probably be cool today because all he did was game back then. And then games are like completely in. And now he's an engineer and it's like really cool to be studious and geeky and dorky and stuff like that. But back in the aughts, when I was going to high school, it was not cool at all. <laughs> okay, guys, Ryan gets really upset about this. Actually, he frequently gets really upset because gaming is cool now and he feels like people that game now didn't earn their stripes being lame. Yeah, they didn't get picked on. Now it's like, oh, yeah, of course I watch anime. This is a really tame reaction. This is a thrice weekly rant that we have in this household. <laughs> oh, oh, you watch anime? It's, like, it's, called, it's pronounced anime. I'm like, oh, God. All right. Yeah. I, I mean, I know I was literally reading manga and watching anime literally in Japanese for years. I would wait to get the weekly scanlations is what they called it on these terrible God bless you. Yeah, websites for manga. And I would be reading it like every Thursday, a new, a new Naruto came out and I would be Oh my god, this is this is awesome. This is awesome. This is awesome. And people made fun of me for doing that. But now it's like really cool all of a sudden. Like you see you see like grown men in the mall. Or I don't know. I don't go to the mall. But like the, the you see you grown, imagine yeah, them in I, the mall? I imagine them Why in, are they in a mall? But you see them running <laughs> with the Naruto arms and you're just like And it's like cool now. Good for them. That's not how you feel. What do you feel like they should have to go through in order to be able to to be at the same level as you? I'm just traumatized. That's all. High school doesn't matter for most people. (laughs) High school school mattered for me. Because you were the man. I was the man. Go on. You were so good. Okay. (laughs) I realize it sounds crazy to say that paying attention in high school doesn't matter, but it doesn't. Most of us need our GED or our diploma. That's it. You only need to focus on the things that it takes for you to get your GED or to graduate high school. That's it. The people who I'm sure are going to be the most upset about this and have the most to say about this are going to be teachers. And you know what? I don't want to hear it. Every single other video on TikTok, every single other video I see is a teacher talking about how the curriculum is terrible, how they are not supported, how the system is failing kids and they're graduating and they can't even read. So if that is the case, why in the world you cannot simultaneously have it both ways? It cannot be that the system is an abject failure and that it's failing students, it's failing teachers, it's not teaching them anything, the material is not valuable or applicable, and at the same time pretend that it is essential and super important to these kids' success that they pour their time, energy, and emotion into the system that is utterly a complete failure. Parents, this is on you. You need to help your kids strategically cut bait. If there are relevant free programs that are attached to your high school or Votech programs, those are the things you need to be focused on. Your kids do need their GED or their high school diploma. All the stats, all the data says that as long as they graduate high school and or have a GED, they will be totally fine in life. They will. If they graduate high school, that's it. And in order to graduate high school, they need to be able to read and write. That's pretty much it. Reading, writing, math. Everything else is a distraction for most of us. 
Hey there, I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Degree Free Podcast. At Degree Free, we wanna help everyone thrive and succeed without needing a college degree. And the only way to truly reach everyone is with your help. If you're getting value out of this episode, or if this is your second, third, or fourth episode that you're tuning into, if you could just ship this to a friend, just click that one button and share it with someone in your contacts or on your stories. It would mean the world to us. And more importantly, gets our message out to more people who need help getting out of their current situation. If you could do that right now, that would mean a whole lot. So prior to that last sentence, I don't think I agreed with you, but then you added the last sentence and then that caveat, yes, reading, writing, and math. Yeah, I agree. I think that's all, all they need. They need arithmetic. And it's not even that high level of math. You need arithmetic. That's really what you need. Ideally, you go higher into math, going deeper into a field that uses a lot of math. If you're going into engineering or if you're going into some other type of math related field where you're actually applying it, physics, those types of things, you really need a solid base in math. But other than that, most people just need to learn reading, writing, and arithmetic. Ideally, some level of financial literacy too, but schools don't teach that. That's exactly what I was just about to say, which is what schools don't teach is the things that people need to know financial literacy being one of them, and then how to be a job seeker and what it means to be a job seeker is another as well. Seemingly learning to job seek and job seeking and landing jobs and getting promotions is one of the most important things in your life because it is going to enable you to do everything else. With the money that you make from your job, you are going to then be able to provide for your family, buy things, go on vacation, have weekends off, all of that stuff, and they don't teach it. And so if they taught that stuff, then I would say you're wrong, but they don't teach people how to be job seekers. And we all got to work. And I don't mean we're all going to have to have W-2 jobs, but we're all going to have to work in order to be able to afford to live. So not teaching high school graduates, not teaching high schoolers how to do that is crazy. All right, we've gone on some rabbit trails, but a few other things that I think you can do in order to prepare your kid to be degree free in 2024. There's a great phrase that I heard from Mike Wheeler, and he teaches a Salesforce course that's actually how I got my first tech job. And he said his goal for all of his kids, and he has seven, so he knows what he's talking about, was to graduate high school with a resume. So all of his kids, or he has one still that's uh, young enough to be at home, but the rest are all old enough. They're all graduated from high school. And he said all of them graduated with a professional resume. So they were immediately able to go out and get work. And all of them are degree free. And all of them have successful, from what he said, I believe six-figure tech jobs. So obviously that worked. I really like this concept. And it made me think of ways that high schoolers can gain this type of experience in different areas. And this is something you and I talk about a lot, but it's building your own project and then documenting it. And even the process of doing that is going to teach you a lot. Examples of projects that your teenager can build in order to graduate with a resume would be fix a car, build an app, create 10 to 15 pieces of artwork. We get questions a lot about how can my child become an illustrator or an animator or an artist? And the answer is they need to do those things. And then they need to show people that they've done those things. That is the answer. If your child wants to be a charcoal artist, well, then they need to start drawing in charcoal and then showing people that they're drawing in charcoal. That's what they have to do. Your child can volunteer. They can look for part-time work in an industry that interests them that they want to get into. And they can do that by calling local business owners. They could call a local watchmaker. They could call a local pool cleaner 
cleaning company. They can call a local dry cleaners. They can call a local graphic design firm and see if they can go do part-time work and just be around people that are doing the work they want to do. Another thing you can do to help your child prepare to be degree-free in 2024 is ask them how they'd like their days and weeks to look like after graduation. So many kids are so busy that they have no idea what it looks like after high school. That's understandable because they're not post high school. So how would they know? But they have no concept of how much free time they're going to have if they choose to do so, because their schedules are so jam packed with school and sports and extracurricular activities. And for some of them, college prep and SAT, and they're just constantly going, going, going. And that is not the reality of how their schedules are probably going to look after they graduate high school. And so sit down with your kids and have them start to paint a picture of if they could design what their day looks like, when would they work? If they could work certain days of the week or have certain days off, which would those days be and why? Because what are they going to do with those days? Do they get like to go out with their friends on Saturdays and just ask them what days do you want to have off? Why? And then what kind of schedule would you like to work during the week? It will help you get an understanding of the types of careers and jobs that would suit them. Yeah, this is super basic stuff. You can even do this as a job seeker as a career changer. In fact, this is the first thing that you're going to do when you are trying to change careers, when you're trying to get a new job, is that you're going to look at what you need and what you want. And so just as you would do it for yourself, like, what do I need? Well, I need to make $60,000 a year and I need to work 20 hours a week. Whatever it is, write it down. Same thing with your child. You would go over their needs and their wants, and then you would prioritize their needs and not their wants. So I need to make $12 an hour and I need to work at least 35 hours a week in order to pay my bills. Okay, perfect. Do you care what it is that you do? No, not really. Perfect. Do you care what time of day that you work? No, not really. Do you care if it's outside, inside, food service, construction, computer work? No, not really. Perfect. That's super easy. $12 an hour, 35 hours a week, you could literally go work anywhere. But okay, so you want to work in construction. Perfect. Now you go work in construction. Oh, I want to work with a computer. There's a gajillion jobs that work on computers that make $12 an hour and 35 hours a week. And so that is a perfect place to start with needs and wants. I want to talk about building the resume in high school just for a second. A lot of parents ask us, how does my child get into X job or X industry? That's always the question that we get asked. The number one question is like, well, they're going to be degree free. What can they do? That's like the number one question. But downstream from that, eventually, once you've decided that you can go degree free and your child's going degree free is okay, they want to do this. How can they do it? The answer is usually for like 99% of jobs, it's just to go and do it. Like I'm giving you permission right now, whatever it is, just go and do it. Okay. If you want to be a photographer, go take photographs. If you want to be in physics in some way, shape or form, go learn physics, go do it. You want to be in applied physics, some sort of engineering, some, okay, go do it. Perfect. It's very much a mentality. And this is what we, you, when you and I talk about the papered mindset, I just had a call with a teacher who was trying to become a photographer. And she asked me, she said, Hey, there's this 
photography certification. And I was just like, no, 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 you don't need a photography certification. <laughs> you need to take photographs. You need to take a lot of photographs. You need to take bad photos. You need to take good photos. You need to take bad photos that you then edit and learn how to edit into good photos. That's what you need to do. And I think for a lot of people just do is so unknown that they're scared of it. And so like you said, just here's the permission if you want to do something, you don't have to ask anyone for permission. You don't need to buy a certification. You just need to go do whatever that thing is. And for those of you whose kids, especially the ones that want to get into creative fields, your child wants to be in fashion design. Your child does not need to go buy a college degree to do that. I'm sorry. If they want to be in leather work, they need to go find some a tannery to work at. If your child wants to paint, they need to go paint. That's what they need to do. It's not just for creative fields though, because this is a good start for anybody. Let's say they wanted to be a mechanic and a lot of mechanics, if you work at a garage, they want you to be ASE certified or other certifications. Like you need this type of certification for the air conditioner. You need this type of certification for the brake system, whatever, whatever, whatever. Okay. That's great. You're going to get there eventually. You just first have to start by getting a pair of tools borrowing a set of tools, and then working on a car. That's the perfect place to start. Start there. And then as you get around more people working on cars, as you work on more cars yourself, as you start to gain interest, as you start to realize like, yeah, this is something that I want to do. You are going to start looking at what does it really take? What does it really require to do this as a career? And then you're going to find out, oh, okay, I need to get this certification or I need to learn this skill. Perfect. Then I'm going to put that on my to-do list and I'm going to get certified in this or I'm going to go and learn this specific skill. But you don't have to know it right at the outset. You say, okay, directionally, this is the way that I want to go. And so photography is a perfect example. Okay. So what type of photos do you want to take? Well, I really want to do portraits. Okay. That's awesome. Or I really want to do wedding photography. This is actually a better one. Oh, why do you want to do wedding photography? Oh, because I just want to be there when the bride is looking her prettiest and they're in their happiest days so on and so forth, so on and so forth. But then you actually become a wedding photographer. You're actually second cam on something. Like your friend has a wedding photography business and you ask to be the second camera on it. And then you realize like, oh my God, there's Bridezilla. The worst. This, yeah, this is like terrible. <laughs> this lady is uh, yelling at me because I missed whatever, whatever, whatever. Like Some minor thing I couldn't yeah, know. It, not even the cake cutting or not even yeah. like the ceremony, not even the first kiss or the first dance. You didn't miss any of that, but like you missed your mom pretending to pin on something to your dress that didn't matter. And just like, what? Like, I don't want to do this at all. But at least you went out there and you did the job. Yeah. Okay. But you do like taking photos. Yeah. And you're just like, you know what I really like is after you do more research, you're like, I actually like product photography a lot. I like the way that lighting and stills can tell an entire story about a product and make people buy this and influence people to take an action. That is really cool to me. Or you might find that you like an entirely different medium. Like I really like video. Photography is a little bit too stale. I want to tell a bigger story than that. And so I'm gonna get into videography. The key is to just get started. And for a lot of people that don't have that mindset, they need permission. And so this is your permission, as you said. Go like do it. This is it, go do it. Go have your kids do it, whatever it is, go and do it. If there are gates, like literal things that are in their way, like certifications, 
degrees for very limited amount of people, things of that nature, licenses. When you encounter them, then deal with it. Exactly. But first, just get started. Yeah. Just get started in that industry. If you are humble and if you are interested and if you are sincere, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. Most people want to help people that are humble, sincere, and interested and willing to learn something. All you have to do is ask. All you have to do is ask. And so for parents, the best thing you can do is encourage your child to ask and try stuff. I would add on to that, that it's not just ask, although asking is good, but it's really just doing because if you want to be a welder, what should you do? Weld. You should weld. That's it. You want to be a mechanic? Well, you should go fix cars. But the thing about the welding is that not everybody has access to the tools, right? So they need to get the tools and they have a little bit of oversight and someone to say, oh, just do it like this or show them how to do it. I completely understand that. What I mean by go do is figure out a way to go and do that and go and accomplish any of the tasks required to then go do that. And so we've been talking about photography. What do you need to do to take photographs? You need a camera. Right, so what do you need to do to edit those pictures? You need software. You need a computer. Okay, you don't have any of that. Figure out how to get it. Or borrow somebody else's. That's what I'm saying. That's literally what I'm saying is do and figure out, okay, I need to take photographs. There's 17 other things that I need to do in order for me to take a photograph and then deliver a finished product to somebody. I need to itemize those tasks, figure out what those are, and then just start checking off every single one. Okay, camera, perfect. SD card. Perfect. Lens. Perfect. perfect. You know what I mean? Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Photos, lights, flash, not flash, continuous lighting. Ah, <laughs> oh, I don't know. You're going to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a perfect place to leave off. Matt, once again, sorry that I forgot. Great, great episode for everybody listening. I'll have links to everything that we talked about at degreefree.co forward slash podcast. As usual, until next time, guys. Aloha.